called? You called the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. Oh, The Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of The Bizzle cast, welcome back to Daredevil Season 3 Commentaries with Papa Bizzle. We're doing Episode 2. Please uh, don't start that file quite yet. I have a couple quick uh, nuggets, uh, announcements, um, and then I'm going to count you in, and then we're going to get going on uh, uh, the second of 13 amazing episodes in this season. Uh, first thing is, um, I don't think I mentioned the first one, Dad, that uh, over the last, what, month or two, you've been kind of slowly watching some of them over the last few weeks? Yes. Whereas I binged the entire thing in the first 72 hours, and it was out, basically. Uh, it was the first time I've ever beaten you with a season of a television show that we both liked. Uh, and I crushed <laughs> right. it, but I haven't rewatched it, um, even though I remember it very vividly. Uh, but on my side, uh, over the past few days, I listened to a bunch of my dad's and mine uh, Daredevil Season 2 commentaries, which are great. And I also listened to um, my commentaries of and watched some of The Defenders, which keeps getting better and better. I love that freaking show uh and just keeps reinforcing that i love the team-ups and everyone's even the people who shows you know some of the seasons i love like jessica jones and daredevil everyone just gets better with the team-ups because they get the best directors the best writers the best budgets and you have so many great characters interacting off of each other um and so that'll be on my mind a little bit and also uh dead in terms of revisiting uh daredevil season two where we spend a lot of time talking about Electra being beautiful Beautiful and Karen having hair problems, uh, <laughs> among many other great insights. But yeah. I do have some insights about uh, the Messiah complex um, and Foggy's and Karen's seemingly irrational, you know, endless uh, attempts to reclaim uh, uh, Charlie, uh, um, Matt Murdock, who's trying to do his own reclamation projects that are far more lofty and less realistic. Um, so, and uh, the legacy of Electra um, and other stuff like that. So I have some thoughts about that. So that's one Good. thing. The other thing, guys, is I just want to announce that uh, there will be an upcoming podcast. I hope to have my father on because we both love this person and this character, which is if you're listening to this, you are probably a Marvel fan. And so unless you are living under a rock, don't aren't on social media or just don't follow, you know, like entertainment news stories, you've probably heard that the long-rumored, long-expected, long-desired Black Widow solo prequel movie is already filming uh, for hopefully release next year. My dad and I, to say we are giant uh, Scarlett Johansson fans is a giant understatement. Uh, we love all her movies, and we absolutely adore Black Widow. And uh, that, after she was in a four Avengers movies, two Captain America movies, including being a co-lead in The Winter Soldier, which is arguably our favorite of all the Marvel movies. And she was in an Iron Man movie uh, briefly back in 2010, sort of her introduction. Uh, and ultimately, spoiler alert, guys, but with $3 billion, I'm sure you've seen it five times, her, her uh, incredibly heroic and tragic um, sacrifice uh, in the final Avengers movie uh, capped off uh, what is going to go down as one of the great characters uh, but Dad, I would love to have you on so we could talk a little bit about her career in general, why we love her so much, why we love Widow so much, and all of her assassin roles and so forth, but also how I think she needs to do this solo movie to cement herself as classic as Captain America and Iron Man, even though we already see her that way, um, but because she's never had this solo movie and she's sort of a 1B Avenger in terms of screen time, 
um, a lot of the times. Uh, I think you would agree that this is the perfect way for her to cap off her unbelievable experience that she's had and that we've had with her as Black Widow over the years. Yeah, historically, I mean, there's really been a screen time problem for her, and I, I'm, I'm so excited that they're finally going to rectify that and put her front and center for uh, – for 123 minutes or whatever. Not to mention, if my very, very strong record of predicting Disney things and uh, Marvel and Star Wars, uh, it, well, just as an example, guys, I was listening back to uh, season two commentaries. We're talking about Electra, and I talked about how regal she is, and she reminded me of the Queen of France and Braveheart, and she looks like a princess and so forth. Well, guess what? She's now a lead as a queen, playing a queen of probably a dark queen of some sort, and the disney plus show so they are holding on to these characters that uh, even if it's not in the defenders universe they know how talented these actors are we Thank kept goodness. talking about how much we loved elodie and couldn't understand why she wasn't getting more lead roles well apparently she is and she's filming it now um uh and so forth i'm getting very excited about the impending release of the scarlet witch uh, show and, and everything and so these adult ne- uh well i guess it's moving to disney plus but these adult tv shows with some new characters like the Defenders and now getting Bucky, Sam, Scarlet, you know, Wanda, and so forth, uh, is just continuing my love of this format for Marvel things. So that is all very exciting. Uh, but um, uh, my, um, uh, my prediction here, Dad, is that the, uh, Scar- uh, the, Scarlet, um, sorry, the Scarlet Johansson Black Widow movie, which is certainly going to be showing her you know, being a bad Russian assassin you know, who's sort of forced into it from a young age, as we've been teased before, will end up with the infamous Budapest, uh, uh, where Hawkeye, uh, Jeremy Renner, will have a chance to kill her and decides as she says in the first Avengers movie, to make another decision and turn her to the good guy side, bring her into S.H.I.E.L.D. and turn her into a good guy. So I think we're going to get Renner and Hawkeye to cap off that movie on top of all the other amazingness. So we are very excited about that. Yeah, wouldn't that be great? That will be great. So we're going to jump in uh, to uh, Marvel's uh, Daredevil's The Defenders, Daredevil, whatever you want to call it, Netflix. Marvel's Daredevil Season 3, Episode 2, please. Things start moving very quickly as Wilson Fisk, uh, you know, thinks he's, they think they're flipping Fisk, as we will talk about. As I said, that he's flipping them uh, with his long-term plan already that he's been hatching for years um, and since he entered prison, essentially. We also get introduced to Dex, who is, uh, again, not a traditional bad guy, at least at first, um, and is an extremely interesting character, especially in the sense of the mental illness that he's dealing with, which you know uh, is of relatability and also interest to, to both of us for a lot of reasons. Um, yes. Uh, and so that will be a very cool a journey to watch. So, guys, I'm going to do a quick countdown. Uh, rather than doing this sort of count up to five, me and my dad are about three seconds in uh, to... Um, uh, the uh, the file on Netflix. It's right when the Netflix uh, logo comes on screen, and you hear the little music, and you see the red Netflix logo on the white background. So, I'm just going to count down from three to two to one. Say go. So get that Netflix ba- uh, logo on there, and we'll all start around three or four seconds in, and it will align totally fine. We've never really had a problem with alignment before, Dad. So I right, don't know right. why we should start now. Um, so, uh, you ready to do uh, this thing with your boy, Wilson Fisk? (laughs) 
All set to go. All right. Um, uh, let me make sure I have my subtitles on. Yeah. Netflix is good about remembering. Amazon forgets. Yes, and very, I, and then, very good about remembering. Yeah. And sometimes with Amazon, and if you're in the middle of playing and you do subtitles, it stops the file and causes problems. So this is, uh, I, even though I hate the autoplay on the Netflix homepage, as everyone does, they do do subtitles. Well, so I got some subtitles on, a little bit of ambient sound. I leave it up to you guys. And, uh, you know, we're going to do a countdown and jump into this amazing episode of this amazing season of Marvel Television with our boy Daredevil and Fisk. So here comes the countdown. Three, two, one, and go. Uh, the Marvel flipping. flipping comic pages. Always cool. Always cool. All right. So this is, uh, I think this is probably Matt reeling from his uh, uh, more, his recent attempt to get himself killed. So, well, uh, get himself punished, let's put it that way. So we talk in season two, because we had seen season three at that point. Oh, look at this. I mean, yeah. again, all the actors step up, especially him and Karen this season in terms of the main cast. Uh, but we talk about how this is the first season we can relate to him despite him dealing with his self-pityingness because he's so broken and you know emotional and acting like a human being but i would also say dad and i was thinking about this up oh, here's the well, look at that juxtaposition with fisk yeah. who has his own religion of uh ruling new york city and maybe the world i don't know what his ultimate end i think he just wants to have his little kingdom in in midtown new york um, i think that's right with vanessa Whoops, I turned this down, sorry. And I think it's important that I'll get back to the fact that I was going to say they deal with religion most head-on in this season, but also most responsibly and most interestingly, I would say. Yeah, yeah, they they go deep in, in, into the whole religion. The conversations with, uh, he has with both the priest and the nun slash his mom, spoiler alert, um, are very philosophical um, without being pretentious and overly, uh, you know, um, obscure. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I, the look on Wilson Fisk's face, he regrets that he has to do this. But this is the only way for him to get what he wants. Um, yeah, it is. And the one interesting thing is, Dad, is that right. this is like The Wire. When they start doing – when McNulty and them start doing illegal things and, you know – all of a sudden locking up all these murderers via legal means everyone's so happy and then they discover that the whole thing's a sham and that's the beginning of what's going on here you could even tell at the time that it was happening because this guy is a kind of a weak character who's so naive and was flipped by fisk so easily right yeah 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 uh yeah they think they're doing this perfectly legally and that they've got a wilson under mm -hmm. their thumb but of course like you say it's the opposite so they talk about the gift that keeps on giving um, uh, do you remember the movie Minority Report? A little bit, yeah. And, and you remember Colin Farrell was investigating, you know, Tom Cruise was accused of a, a murder with their weird system where they predict yeah. ahead of time that he yes. was going to kill someone that he's never heard of. And he finds all these pictures of his kid who disappeared. And it turns out to be a giant setup that he's going to kill this guy who didn't, has nothing to do with his kid, uh, mm -hmm. just to get rid of him. And there's just pictures everywhere, and it's so obvious that it's a setup. Oh, here we go. Yeah. So the uh, this is the brutality of Kingpin. Already knows that he's yeah. he's in cahoots with uh, the FBI. 
Yeah, like uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn, the great uh, season three and four villain in Star Wars Rebels leading up to Rogue One. Uh, he is brutally violent in addition to being a great mind. Uh, and it makes the villains way more scary when they have high IQ and this kind of violent ability. Yeah, that's right. But anyways, Dad, when Colin Farrell is getting onto it, and he eventually gets killed because he gets too close, does Colin Farrell, in one of his best roles, he looks at all the photos, and there's way too many photos. It's too obvious. And he says, this is what we call an orgy of evidence. And so he doesn't Uh buy it immediately. And Uh so this is what we call an orgy of evidence. And now he's already selling out people in prison as well. Look look at him. He's not happy about having to do this. Here we go. Yeah, yeah. Do you agree, though, that he's... he seems kind of tormented that he's having to sell out everyone because this goes against a lot of his principles. Well, he's tormented by so many things that he's tormented by being incarcerated. He's tormented about being separated from the love of his life. And he's just tormented. And uh, he knows he's got to play the long game, both in terms of his freedom and in terms of his, uh, his lover, but he's not he's not enjoying it. They get a lot of credits in. I've never noticed with this relatively decent length uh, opening music. Oh yeah, tons yes, of they, producers. Yes, That's Marvel. You know, Star Wars has like three producers and a bunch of writers. They have so many producers on uh, on Marvel. As I've talked about, it's frustrating because other than Drew Goddard, it's hard to know who's doing what, but whatever. Yeah. This is great. Um, yeah. So anyways, as I was saying, the reference to Minority Report, this is an orgy of evidence, and the FBI should be onto this. And so even though it turns out that the FBI is corrupt at the high levels, this season also could have worked with the FBI just being stupid and naive without yeah, the corruption. Right. Right. Uh, and maybe that's a criticism, is that they didn't need to go full like batman everyone's corrupt uh, you know in the high levels but it ends up working where did you go it's like in the pines where did you sleep last night i continue to totally buy sister maggie's selling of this role i just think it's so realistic She's a natural beauty. I mean, you know, she's a nun, and they make her look middle-aged, but you can tell she's she's a natural beauty, which is important because Charlie Cox is incredibly good-looking, <laughs> and his dad was a good-looking guy, too, other than his face being pounded in. Right. Um, she also looks Mediterranean a little bit. Like, she looks like Roman Catholic, like, as if she's from Italy or, so, or, oh, or something. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. Italian Roman Catholic, right. She's not gonna. She's not gonna give up so so fast and trying to uh, she, ther- therapize him. She yeah. She looks and talks and acts like a combination of a of a um a responsible school teacher and a therapist. So, so I you said, know I no go ahead. And also, I think there's a little bit of ad, admixture there of of, of relative. That, that she's like she she interacts with him like like a relative i felt she's, early on like there was almost flirtation going on but then you realize it's the loving of motherness later that's right yeah. that's right he's struggling with uh you know he thinks that he's um he no longer can be a superhero so and he he just wants her to leave him alone and is grieving for the loss of his role identity so one thing that we noticed uh in season two was that 
the more he's lying, the more he'll look you in the eye um, or try, you know, pretend to look you in the eye. Yeah. Uh, and when he's telling the truth, he pretends like he's blind and looks away. Mm-hmm. He's constantly looking away here because he's yep. just telling the truth and unloading. He makes no eye contact. Um, isn't that a, uh, a physical thing that eyes wander when, when your brain is working, either whether lying or just thinking about things, it's harder to maintain eye contact. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I don't buy the whole, when you look left, you're lying thing, but I know I do that. Um, and sometimes I have to really focus on making eye contact when my brain is going all over the place. Mm hmm. Yeah, she's got those high cheekbones, big eyes. She has a kind of severity to her, uh, and those eyes are a little crazy. But it, w- when we see the flashback of her being a totally fucked up young woman who doesn't know what she's doing and has to be, she's so depressed she has to get taken in. I was really hard on her in the first episode. I kind of regret that because I forgot how damaged she was after she mm-hmm. had him and lost. I, I, I can understand that. If I had had a kid by accident when I was like 21, dad, like, you know, I'm not saying I would have joined the church or the synagogue. But I would have had an existential crisis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's going to begin to talk about it more. I th- think in this episode with him. Here we go. Oh, here's this kid's here great. Flash, flash so back. this kid looks just like Bran Stark, who's the youngest Stark, who ends up becoming king. Spoiler alert! In the final episode, oh, uh, he's a great young actor. Now they, they do stuff to Father Lantum uh, CGI wise to make. I him was look just younger. gonna say no because w- with the receding hairline, he's just one of those guys that looks old when he's thirty, and he's gonna look young when he's eighty if he didn't die. Mm. Spoiler alert. Mm. Doesn't matter. I hate that with Michael Douglas and, and Ant Man and stuff. Mm-hmm. They tried yeah. so hard. Tony Stark. Uh, guess who they're not going to have to de-age for a prequel? Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> she looks right. just as stunning and young as when she was twenty-one and lost in translation with Bill Murray. It takes you out of it because we're used to seeing the priest like this. You know, it's like, yeah. More, more therapizing, especially because his attitude is eternal. Like whatever wisdom mixed with bullshit that the priest has now is basically the same level of wisdom and bullshit that he has in the present day, right? And so there's yes. a continuity yes. there. Yes, Sister Dora, is that her name? Her name is Sister Maggie. Oh, Maggie. Okay, his mom is Sister Maggie. Mm-hmm. This is pre-stick. Yes. Yeah, and like a, a lot of damaged children, in some ways, Matt Murdock is is has a natural wisdom he's not aware of as a child that gets worse and worse as he gets older. And has to right. deal with it as an adult. You know, I always talk about this when I, you know, teach philosophy to middle schoolers and even high schoolers. They get it on a level that adults don't because you get set in your ways and your mindsets. Right. This kid's great. This kid's great. Young Jessica Jones is great. Young Trish is great. I mean, yeah. all the young women that that Jessica helps in the various. I mean, it. Oh my god. This is the same crisis he's having, and now in 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 the present day, feels that God has forsaken him. That 
they don't have a relationship in anymore. Yep. An- another thing we talked about in season two is how, in some ways, they're able to do really comic booky things, like the character of Elektra. Because, uh, but because of characters like Claire Temple and Lodi Young, who have such naturalistic deliveries, it goes down so smooth. And, and what's you know because it's serialized, and you know like comic books are, you you, can, you can't really replicate comic books in the movies like you can in television. Mm, right. Format wise, right. Right. I mean, Dare, let's put it this way: most uh, series, whether it's the Vader series or the Wonder Woman new series, they go about twenty-four, twenty-five issues, so a little bit over two years. So the three seasons of Daredevil is like one long extended, you know, comic book series that would have this sort of rotating artists and writers, but would have the same overarching storyline. Mm-hmm. I'm already liking this guy better. He's so already scared and insecure. He, he he's a little bit more hip to the weirdness of the situation already. It looks like just based on his face. Man of the hour, right? This is like. Do you remember when McNulty and Freeman in the final season are just completely doing illegal illegality? <laughs> yeah. to, to, you know, in a stupid plan that made season five kind of weak, but also you know when they loved being celebrated in the department. This woman turns out to be totally evil, although I think in the very end, when she gets arrested, she flips on the the bad gu- the even more bad guys above her. Another evil redhead. <laughs> <laughs> he's so earnest. I mean, he's really trying to make his way up the ladder at the FBI. And I just don't understand how uh, you can get so. Ed- educated and get so much experience in something like that Federal Bureau of Investigation and think it's going to be this easy with someone as brilliant as Wilson Fisk. Well, you know, they they see him as a as a thug and so yeah. But this is sold through performance whereas the writing of Punisher season 1 you know, it's much more uh like let's, you can believe that 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 the uh, you know uh, the Kenyan Jewish woman who's in charge and, and Sam Stein and so forth, you're with them in trying to figure out what's going on. Whereas we know that as watchers that this is already bullshit, but but it's interesting in different ways. I'm glad they don't keep repeating the formula. Yeah, right. What do you think of her as an actress? I think. Um you know, I think she she genuinely cares about him at at this point. I I, I buy her. I, I forget about the corrupted stuff that you just referred to. I, mm-hmm. I I'm, I'm not remembering it, but mm-hmm. but so far, she's really trying to protect him. She reminds me of one of those actresses that occasionally will be in movies as a character actress, but on television can be more complex with her look and her delivery, which oh, is cool. Oh, oh yeah, right. Karen's hair is pushed back and looking better again, and she's acting more normal. <laughs> Mr. Kanish? <laughs> Watch your language. Who's a big baseball fan, of course, because East Coast Jews love baseball. Right. I'm giving it to you. <laughs> she's t- 
Yeah. <laughs> She's demanding what she wants. Oh, my God. You're right. Right. He, she gives him all kinds of grief. It's funny that she is so confident standing up to him as if they're equals and he lets her most of the time. And whereas she's always intimidated when she was working for Foggy and, and that. You would think it would be the other way around. Look at her. She's wearing normal clothes. I mean, everything's just better. Well, you know, but part of it is she didn't come up as an employer here at the paper she jumped in at a at a high level and so she doesn't really behave like an employee employee she was a scared borderline rabid puppy when she comes in to murdoch and uh and um uh in foggy's office and she joins them because they're her only friends you know this is really her calling in her confidence just bleeds through and of course right. she goes so balls to the wall between fisk and then not revealing the daredevil connection that he fires her he's look at her <laughs> yeah she's coming right back though yeah so the old man realizes that social media and online newspapers are killing them, and the young woman is like, we need to do it the old-fashioned way, like B- Bob Woodward. Mm. Ooh, let a story work you. I think that's a reference to Frank-ish. Yes, it is. Now, Frank now, you know, Frank did work her, but in the opposite way of Fisk. It wasn't premeditated. In the in the plotting sense, he's your snitch. Look at him; he's already frowning. He he's desperate to get promotion and money for his family. Okay, here we go. These are all great interactions. Well, he's desperate to get himself out, out of debt that he incurred in, in, to support his uh, sister-in-law's medical treatment. But I like so that he is, even though he's the one doing all this stuff, he's the one interacting. He can see the, the pain on Fisk's face. I think he knows this is too easy, but it's just addictive. It's like a drug. Yeah. Like you said, it's the gift that keeps on giving, which <laughs> sounds like heroin or cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> This is all bullshit. This is all bullshit. He's exaggerating how much intimidation I think is coming from guards and inmates. Oh. Oh. And he is dangling Vanessa, which is very smart. He's, yeah, he's, again, I I overreacted in the first episode because I haven't seen this in a while. This guy is smarter than he looks. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Look at. He looks. He looks like a little puppy. Was this performance and Bernthal Punisher season one both should have been nominated? Yeah, I love Fisk in season one, but there's no doubt this is Fisk season. I mean, this this season is at least as much about Fisk as this guy. Yeah, he's got much more <laughs> Look, range. I just I love the misery because <laughs> it reminds me of Jessica Jones' misery, which is yeah, sad yeah. but also funny at the same time. And whereas, Dad, he took on the pain of the world and saving everyone in such an idealized, you know, metaphysical way, now it's really personal that he's having to deal with himself, which is always the hardest thing in life, is dealing with your own demons. Oh, he can hear them all praying. Do we see Stick in this? What's that? Do we see Stick in this season? No, in this... In this whole season, you know, I can't remember. 
he reappears. So he's basically telepathic so. uh, in short distances because he can hear everybody. Yeah, here's how much they're all suffering. Gets to his heart. Honestly, Ned, I've considered bringing earplugs into like any crowded situation at this point in my life because I, I, I can't tune out that stuff sometimes. That's what I was mm-hmm. saying when I could relate to him. Mm-hmm. I uh, I bring my earphones in during the previews in movies because they're so loud. That's smart. He's a believer. He's a believer. This is see. This is the thing, Dad. This is what faith is, according to Kierkegaard. According to Kierkegaard, faith isn't believing d- despite lack of evidence. In the existence of God, faith is actually believing it in spite of evidence contrary to the lack of existence of God. Mm. And as he gets closer to uncovering the lies, Dad, the priest is saying platitudes rather than wisdom. This is the second time in an hour I heard somebody evoke Kierkegaard's name, if you can believe that. I was watching a show on PBS on, on Reconstruction. Kierkegaard is like Cornel Nietzsche and being so misunderstood as being extremist philosophers when really they're just diagnosing uh, mass social trends having to do with religion. There's a direct line between Kierkegaard and the death of God with Nietzsche. So what was he deluding himself about? That he could make a difference, but he can't. he really can't? No, he was deluding himself. That's like with his reclamation project with Electra. Like that, even if he turned Electra, he would still be miserable. And he's starting to realize that dealing with your own demons is never solved by being successful at work, being a workaholic. You know, I mean, there's a lot of people who try and save the world and do great things who are not unhappy people. And there's lots of people who work at comic book stores or grocery stores who are happy with themselves. Yes, that's right. So he's saying basically he and God are are divorced now and that he is daredevil and God has nothing to do one with that one way or the other. It's his choice. Mm -hmm. It's who he is, who he wants to be, but it has nothing to do with a religious crusade. Would you agree with me that the nun seems to be totally unaware that he might be getting closer to the truth, whereas the priest who knows him much better already is getting a little worried in his facial delivery? Please stop me if I'm overreaching on this theorizing. Yeah, no, I, I don't, uh, I don't think he's getting any closer to. You're talking about the mom, the mom. Because again, team, right? I binged this whole thing as like a 12-hour series, and so yeah. it was a very intense. Oh, my God. I think he's still so clueless about uh, mm-hmm. Sister Maggie. I, I really do. This is also the first season I'm attracted to Karen, and it's not because of her looks. It's because of the complexity of her personality and her performance. Okay, now, who, who's this guy that's that's dying, and, and this is his daughter? Was he a gangster? Karen is the... Uh, uh, opposite but mirrored version of matt murdoch she's doing it through the press instead of as a vigilante or a lawyer but ultimately she still wants to help people as a reclamation project for her own tortured past 
And that's why Foggy is the heart of this all, because even though he has some family problems that, you know, ultimately he's got a supportive family, is very confident in himself, has an amazing girlfriend and, and is a steady one. Right. I can't wait for Marcy. By the way, Dad, you need Marcy for just a tiny bit of humor with all the misery in this season. Amen. A- amen. She's great counterpoint. She really is. She's also perfect. One of those girls that, for once, you and I can agree is definitely our type on all levels. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So who's your father? Do you remember, Jess? This woman? Yeah. I don't remember if this is a string that pulls on something or this is a string that pulls on Karen. She's acting her face off. I'll try not to overdo it because I know you're still not 100% convinced, but her her acting ability went from like strong B plus mixed with A minus to for TV lead, you know, uh, a, you know, one B lead character. I, I'd much rather watch Mackenzie Davis. Oh, It looks like a man. Does she? Yeah. Not in The Martian. She's very cute and pretty in The Martian, but as Sarah Connor, they had to recast Amelia Clark, who, by the way, everyone thinks is going to be like the next Helen Mirren. You know, she's so fucking talented and was amazing as as Sarah Connor. But James Cameron has to do his own. I will agree, though, that until the flashback where she's half naked doing cocaine and with her crazy family, that changed everything for me. Yeah, I sure, never thought right. she could pull off that performance uh, because yeah. I knew that girl in college and not just the girl that I saw being half naked selling drugs, but who I could tell was extremely smart and complicated and disturbed, but had a good heart. And, and by the way, I'm not referring to anyone in particular. I'm just talking about general high school and college experience. Mm-hmm. I was lucky that my college friends were not into hard drugs. I, I almost never saw it, which is lucky. Very. Because they live. But my friends are all squares. <laughs> huh. I mean, we like to drink and, you know, occasionally herbal medicine, but that's about it. They're really taking their time with this. Uh, I, I want to remember what this string is that she's pulling on. And I think this is the brilliant part is that there's one of the other things we talked about in season two, Dad, was even though we love the dual Frank Electra story, it felt like one and a half to two seasons packed into one. And my feeling was, even though I loved Bernthal, A, I kept wanting to get back to Elektra, um, and it felt like they sort of shoehorned him into the later part of that season when they should have just stopped mid-season after his Fisk interaction, but also that he didn't really fully become three-plus-dimensional Frank Castle until The Punisher. Did did, did you get that last uh, 60 seconds? So... um the dad who's lying there in a coma was attacked by uh, Matt. And that's what the, the, the daughter's describing. And then Karen gets a, the look of recognition on her face that, oh, Matt really is alive. He is, she knows, because the daughter describes a guy with look a black mask covering his face. Look at this slow shooting and defocus. Uh, da- yeah, I'm already liking this guy way better. He, uh, two words for you, dad. It's going on in his brain right now. Pandora's box. 
Uh-huh. You're right. Yep. Yeah. But, Dad, that's the thing. If these people weren't corrupt and they were really good superiors, they could work this situation out, but they keep encouraging his worst instincts. Well, well, this is the FBI talking to the New York uh, Police Department. They, right? They, the police department, and I guess that's the um, he's the DA there. The black guy's the DA. Oh my god, and his interactions with Foggy Bear are so yeah. amazing. Yeah, the yeah. viral yeah. video of Foggy. Oh my god. They can't stand the yeah. fact that uh, the FBI, FBI wants to uh, yeah. spring uh, this from jail. By the way, protective custody. I don't want to make you nauseous, but I may refer to Karen as Care Bear at some point. Because <laughs> <laughs> she is a Care Bear. That's what you, you talked about her being the, what did you call her? Like the helper therapist type. Yes, right. Almost a compulsive right. helper. Yeah, that's a selling point. And by the way, Dad, as you know, many therapists have their own demons because it's always easier to help other people and give them advice than help yourself and give yourself advice. Absolutely. Oh, speaking of Foggy Bear. I have to imagine that's partly why you decided, to, among many reasons, to leave clinical early on. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at him. He's in great shape. His hair looks amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he he looks like like a grown up this season. <laughs> it's a great hair haircut for him. Hair, and by hair, the hair. way, some short girls do love tall, skinny guys, but they also love broad, strong guys. And he's in great shape. Oh, by the way, is this where his mom tells Marcy to like put her eggs on, on ice? <laughs> Probably, yeah. <laughs> Franklin, yeah, hey, this is Franklin great. Nelson. Oh, my God. This is like our family, right? On both sides. I mean, this is yeah. like, yeah. All the aunts and uncles and the nieces and the nephews. Luckily, uh, we haven't been blackmailed by the worst criminal in Philadelphia. But Right. So, oh, uh, yeah. This is always the problem with working class families. Trying to pull them back into the family business. With his corporate uh, situation, though, Dad, he maybe he's still paying off student loans, but he should be able to. Yeah. But it's... Oh, by the way, Dad, I never considered this. The juxtaposition of the three families, Matt's bizarre unknown family in the church, this loving family that does have problems, yeah. and Karen's completely psychotic, horrible family. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is a wonderful family. This is a family that is being run over, not just by a criminal, but by the system that allows criminal, uh, uh, white-collar criminals to exist and take advantage of them. Mm-hmm. In, in a normal, healthy society, like in Finland, for example, or something, you know, in the Netherlands, uh, you know, they'd have a better chance of not having to worry about this. <laughs> also, old, also old as we know in Europe, everything having to do with food services is treated with much more respect in this country. Yes, yes. There's loyalty. Cafes can restaurants can be around decades and centuries. 
I never told you this, Dad, but when we went to Sevilla three, four, five years after I was there, I recognized in the main square there almost every single restaurant. Oh, no kidding. Yep. And oh. remember their economy was supposedly in the shitter, and on like every, like Tuesday night, it was completely packed. Yep, yep. They play along too. Look at him. He's so... Oh, my God. Uh, you know, I I said in season two, the, part of the reason uh, 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 part of the reason Marcy's attracted to him is confidence is irresistible to women, and he has an inner confidence that they weren't sure how to write in season one, Dad. But once they got it in season two, you know, it, that's it was it's, yeah. Well, there's also a, a genuineness to him that. I mean, that I think, let's uh, put it this way: if if oh, Karen, there's, there, there, there's decks, there's decks. If Karen, right? He treats. Oh, this is where the shootout happens. Yeah, they uh, they they hijack the. Um, yeah. Oh, that's what I wanted to say, Dad. Is they draw out these scenes, even though they keep these episodes. God bless them to forty four to forty nine minutes, which is always what I'm saying. Like Homeland and Vikings did a great job with that. Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, we go over an hour all the time. is way too long, but and so they do these slow scenes, and but then. I mean, this is the opposite of Game of Thrones, where, where the slow scenes are earned, but then you have action throughout in places you're not expecting, and, yes. in, a, in a sort of, um, uh, you know, you have a waveform where you have crest and troughs, you know what I mean? Uh, as opposed to a flat line, and then a huge spike at the end with a death, uh, you know, a shocking death in Game of Thrones. Totally. This is the guy he, this is one of the guys he, he fought with the, the other night. He's looking to check voices and see if, see who these guys are. What did what was that? That was uh he he was checking his hand to see if he was missing half a finger <laughs> because he remembered that the guy was missing half half a finger dur- during the fight. I will say now it again. I will say it again. Not look, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage were never gonna have real costumes because they don't in the comics and doesn't fit with their characters. Right. But giving Daredevil the costume for one season with Electra, the matching colors and everything with ninjas made total sense. But Iron Fist also has a bizarre co- costume in, in the comics, and and they just make Danny a straight up fighter in. in uh, mm-hmm. in Iron Fist that you have to watch Iron Fist season two. I'm going to talk about my Defenders experience and how I see uh, the sort of if this is sort of phase one of the Netflix uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, which seasons mm-hmm. are necessary. And I think Iron Fist season two is the final necessary season, but we'll get to oh, that. Yeah. So why is he coming back to this laundry place? It's cool. It's cool too. The mirror that he puts it over his eyes and nose, and Electra pulled it over her mouth uh, and nose. Because as we pointed out, yes, her cheekbones and her in her mouth and her face, she can really disguise herself even with her eyes exposed. Right. And just the turtleneck thing was so cool. God, is she stunning, Dad? Whether we get her as a Disney queen or a dark queen or somewhere in the middle, I, I mean, oh God. Yeah, she is something else. Really quickly, I have to say, you know I've been raving about Star Wars being ahead of the curve with Marvel, but now that they're fast-tracking Bucky and Sam and the Scarlet Witch, I am in this, and me falling in love with the Defender shows every time I watch them, I'm starting to get really pumped about Marvel. Oh, There's a lot to get pumped about. 
Ouch. Is this no? This is in the eleven minute fight. I can't wait till we do the the Quetzalcoatl Children of Men fight. No. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying. I, it's it's episode four, I believe. Uh, oh, here we go. The ear problems. And this again. is what's cool, Dad. Is partly he wants to get back to kicking ass, but he's being yes. less brutal. And part of this is him just getting back to his senses. If this wasn't a comic book property. I think Charlie Cox might have gotten a nomination in one of the one of the awards for this. I think mm-hmm. because he is doing all of this fucking fighting. Yeah, he does a great. It's job almost at impossible it, to know when there's a stunt man. Hmm. I wonder if he went method this after working with D'Onofrio and and Bernthal for multiple seasons. I wonder if he went a little method this season. Yeah, I wonder. You know, I I said early on that I thought he was going to end up at some point being like a step below Christian Bale. I'm still sticking to that, depending on the role. Uh, But if he did go method this season or partial method, that would give credence to that. It would. And I love his voice. Yeah, they could do an animated series with him. His voice is spectacular. Yeah, he has, has a great voice. He does. Oh, that's the other thing about Karen. Despite her occasionally annoying prettiness, I, her voice is not grating the way a lot of CW uh, girls mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, I like by that. the way, this is a direct mirror. You think his brother is going to be a total fuck up, and he did fuck up by taking a bad loan. Uh, with his family, he's not sure what's going on, but he's nowhere near as much of a psychopath as Karen's family. Oh, yeah, for sure. But right. look, with his hair and his, you know, kind of wandering eyes and, and, you know, unshaven beard. Look how non-condescending Foggy's trying to be. He clearly loves them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like Foggy yeah. in, in this in this low-key kind yeah. of manner that he... And this is the Irish working class thing. They don't want to take his money. They don't want his pity. It's right. you know, it, it's tragic with families, but it's also beautiful to see this. He may be doing corporate work now with Marcy, but he's not losing his touch with his roots. He spends tons of time with his family, and right. I know you and I both respect and love that about p- people in real life and in television. Yeah, it's great to see him in here with with his family during the holidays. It's a it's a whole different look at him. Is there any way I can get you to do another episode after this? Because this is almost over, and I'm not satisfied. <laughs> it's really it's almost over. Yeah, we'll we'll take a five minute off off camera, and we'll see what we're feeling. We'll discuss. We'll discuss it. Jameson, baby. Yeah, it's the real deal. If you're Irish. None of that scotch whiskey. For the for the money, it's the best shot of whiskey you can get. Oh, they know her. She knows them. <laughs> she just moves like a girl like her would move. I'm not going to lie, Dad. Obviously, her Dungeons & Dragons nerd thing it gave her major credibility. Yeah, sure it did. Sure it did for you. Especially because she's the game master. She's the imaginative one that's to come up with all the stories. In fact, I think Deborah Ann Wall is even much smarter than Karen. Here we go. If it was Matt. It's funny that Foggy would think that. This is your this is your 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 sixth sense thing that she has. Yes. 
The Chiwetel Ejiofor move, speaking of Mackenzie Davis, who right, was right. spectacular in The Martian. She was also spectacular as the stand-in for the prostitute with the hologram in, Bl- in Blade Runner. Mm-hmm. Whoops. <laughs> they, they, they think it was a love spat. They think it was a love spat. No, no, no. <laughs> they know Karen. They know Karen. They know, they know she, him and Marcy are super serious. I mean, he proposes to her in a couple weeks. Oh. Blunt thickens. This was also bold because he doesn't have a giant nose, but it is a bit prominent when you see the mask over it. I like it. It's like the Batman beak. He's so much cooler than Batman on every level. Oh, oh! So the guys, she's really up pretty. Her, her father, her father was a victim yeah. of those guys. This is a mirror, of course, of Karen and the situation at the beginning of the very first season. Oh. Uh-huh. Here we go. The we plan go. begins. Action. He still looks tortured. Action time. By the way, Dad, we yeah. talk about Wilson Fisk having a through-the-roof IQ. His brain is going. The chances of me getting attacked right now with this convoy is well above 50%, I think. Right. Right, Here, here's the Joker thing, telling truths when it's convenient. Uh-huh. I mean, the Joker, you can never trust anything. He's truly being honest in these moments. Y- yes. He's more like Loki, right? He's Loki, uh, but right. m- more evil. It'll be very interesting to see if the Loki miniseries explores his evil side or his good side. I mean, Thor was torn mm. up when Loki got murdered by Thanos. By the way, where's Night Manager Season 2? What the fuck? I know, please, please. God, people are idiots. He also does. I guess he's playing their heartstrings with this with this Vanessa thing, huh? I mean, it's the truth, but he's also playing their heartstrings. And here's what's brilliant: he he plays buddy buddy friend with this guy as long as he needs him, and then he transfers this to Dex as soon as Dex becomes the most he, important person. Yeah. But he causes Dex to murder a Holocaust survivor that even he won't kill. And that's an amazing turning point. I know they weren't thinking that when they cast a Yelitzer, who's a very Jewish Israeli woman, but it's an interesting thing. You remember that, right? Off screen, Dex murders the Holocaust survivor that yeah, he has that exchange yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a great scene, you know, in, in the moving... In the moving convoy, he, he he does this soliloquy. Can I give you a theory? He's so Shakespearean. Can I give you a theory? Yeah. yeah. I truly think from now until Vanessa comes back on the helicopter, he really is just doing this to try and find happiness in his situation and actually has regrets about things. He does want comforts, but he wants Vanessa. But when she walks off that helicopter and has a blank look in her eyes, like she's almost a prisoner, and then confronts yeah. him about it, he overcompensates because it's it's not what it was. And oh, there we go. Yes. There we go. Well, he's, look, at, he's actually frightened. This is like Winter Soldier stuff. Yeah, yeah. That's the shame is the Russos in their first movie with Winter Soldier were amazing with the ground level stuff. Never saw it again. 
uh, hanging upside down. That's what we're going to get like in the Bucky Sam series. Oh, man, the Black Widow. I hope it's right there. <laughs> By the way, in the Defenders, there's like five or six shits and assholes. Guess who says all of them? Who? Jay Hen. Uh, <laughs> they give it to uh, Jessica Henwick. It's so cute. Wow, he's so good. Of course, the car is, is bulletproof, so the bullets aren't getting through. So, again, I want to stress, he was started in Full Metal Jacket, and uh, let's just watch this. Yeah. This is the best, like, urban uh, street scene we've seen. Yes. In any of yeah, the series. Yeah, they've, they've not done anything like this before. This is great. It sells Dex immediately. Everyone's oh, yeah. getting murdered, and Dex just starts doing John Wick, right? He goes John Wick on them. Yes. Yes, he does. Which we have to see, by the way. It's making a ton of money. They've already greenlit John Wick 4. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, well, maybe we can see it on, on Sunday. Yeah, I think that's what we should do. I certainly don't want to see seven-year-old uh, Linda Hamilton reprising in Terminator role. <laughs> Oh, so the, these are the Albanians getting back. Yep. Because getting back at him. That's why I think he, in his brain he knew this could happen. Mm. And, and he's right to be at the top of a hotel. I mean, it is comfortable, but it's also a fortress. Yeah. Here we go. Look at that. Bulletproof glass. So, you know, they never say it. I think his name is Boomerang. And in the comics oh. is Dex. Oh, but he does have a superpower with the ricochet. Oh no, ricochet, ricochet. Sorry, ricochet. Yes, yeah, ricochet. Yeah, I I remember something about that. And like Fisk, he kills someone when he's a kid and gets away with it. Here he comes. He murders his baseball coach with a baseball. Yes. Here we go. Here comes John Wick. They show that. Here comes John Wick, and the thing is, Dad, when you first see this. You're almost rooting for for Dex. Sure. You love seeing efficient. I mean, to think there's anyone in the police or FBI that could perform like this. We shot through the window. I mean, I don't think the Punisher it can can't even do this. One shot, one kill. No matter where they are, he's going to murder yeah. them. Oh, this is where you start losing them. Yep. Yeah. And Fisk is going to lie about it. Yeah. So without knowing this guy, Dad, without knowing this guy, Fisk is going, oh, this is my guy. Yeah, this is a guy I got to get to know. (laughs) He doesn't have the brains of Wesley, but he has the brutal murderous assassination skills of Wesley. And the fact that he wants to be Wesley when he's jealous is fascinating. Actually, Dad, I'm going to take it back. Karen and Fisk before the flashbacks is when I I, I fell in love with her as Karen. Mm. I'm really excited to watch that with you. Pretty much every episode has like multiple scenes I'm pumped to watch with you. Convict. Now, Dex is not motivated by money or fame. 
mostly. He does get seduced by Fisk, but I think it's the challenge of the whole thing. And I think he respects Fisk's um, brutality that he also shares. Mm, right, right. And that Fisk can appreciate his own. Uh, Dex's own. By the way, guys, my dad mostly brutality. agrees with me because we have a very similar way of looking at the world. <laughs> <laughs> And he will shut me down. Here we go. Uh, here we go. This is the... Claire Temple. Give me Claire Temple. Give me Rosaria Dawson. We couldn't believe the corny comic book lines Rosaria was delivering in season two. Yeah, she does a great job with it. All right, Papa B. All right. So, so now, now he hears about Fisk is being elevated, literally and, and figuratively. And All right. Guys, we're going to wrap this up because yep. I want to talk to my dad off mic and try and convince him to do another episode. Uh, but if we don't, it doesn't matter because we'll release it separately. Anyways, here comes the Netflix playing stuff I don't want. Uh, there's Diego Luna in that curse Mexico, which is no good, but he's an amazing actor. Um, by the way, dad, uh, my boy Richard Madden uh, from Game of Thrones, uh, right. Simi said that series was pretty good. I don't know if you checked that out. The Bodyguard or whatever it's called. Oh, you know what? I um, did I? Where he I he, he just, protects an upper level cabinet member in England, but there's a lot of twists and turns. Right. I just saw. Right. I just saw the first episode, and I I was I was enjoying it. He's he you know he's one of those actors who seems kind of emotionless at times, but to me, it's the his his looks and his charisma and his subtlety that I really like. Um, but again, you didn't see him as Rob Stark in the first three seasons. He's best, you know, he's Prince Arutha. You know, and this is my favorite character, old school fantasy guy. Uh, and hopefully, he's getting some cool properties now. So, okay, thank you, Papa Bizzle. Final thoughts about that episode? I think it was basically perfect from beginning to end. Right. I mean, they tried to. Yeah. They do so much, <clears throat> so many different. <clears throat> excuse me. So many different um, storylines, and they they juggle them all up in the air. Yep. And- so great. really quick, I'm going to reinforce after uh, revisiting our season two podcasts and revisiting the Defenders a bit. I'm going to reinforce what I said, which is I think uh, this season is more flawless from sort of a Breaking Bad Wire type standpoint. But in terms of a comic book television series with Elektra, the Punisher, the costume, the hand and so forth, you know, I think season two will always be one that I will rewatch more, especially because it leads directly into the Defenders with Elektra, oh, the yes. hand at the black sky and yeah, so forth right. um right. and i love the team up stuff and you know how all the captain america movies all end up being like team up movies even though they're technically captain america movies like right. in the first one it's bucky and peggy and the second one it's him and sam and, and and black widow and agent 13 and so forth emily van camp uh you know uh, and everybody uh nick fury uh, maria hill etc um you know season two of daredevil is like a mini uh as as i said it's like the captain america civil war uh, you know of the whole thing i love the team up stuff um but the filming and acting and writing of the season is so great um and really quickly dad uh, for people out there, uh, and maybe we'll talk about this more. If you're just joining us and you haven't watched a lot, I would say, Dad, the the necessary seasons of all the Netflix Defenders to me are in this order: Daredevil one, JJ one, Daredevil two, skip Iron Fist one. Maybe watch Luke Cage one if it's your thing, but you can skip Luke Cage and Iron Fist. 
go directly into the defenders where Jessica Henwick against all odds, Iron Fist, uh, Danny Rand and uh, Colleen Wing are kind of the heart and the main characters of the defenders. And you get all the mythology and the stuff about the hand in there. And like they're the first 25 minutes of the first episode is just Jessica Henwick and Finn Jones uh, fighting the hand. Um, can you turn off the whatever's playing there? Something playing there? There's nothing playing. There's nothing playing here. Oh, I must just be getting echo. Um, and then Daredevil season three, Punisher one. I haven't seen Punisher two. You're probably going to say that's necessary. Um, I haven't seen necessary. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say Punisher one. Uh, again. One of the things we talked about, again, I don't know if you remember, was one of the reasons we love JJ1 and Punisher 1 was that, in a way, they are the least connected lore-wise with anything having to do with the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You know, they are standalone yeah. stories based on classic comic book characters uh, that are completely standalone. You could just watch JJ1, um, which maybe will be the case, depending on JJ3. I'm getting more optimistic, though. They're starting to change the message a little bit, and it looks like a reclamation project for her in Season 3. So I'm getting more optimistic about it. Um, and by the way, Dad, I, just here's the thing. You know I love JJ1. I almost love her more in the eight episodes of The Defenders. She's cuter. She's less self-loathing. She reaches out to yeah. Charlie Cox. Her and Mike Coulter continue to have great... Uh, chemistry with Luke Cage. You know, Char- you know how Charlie Cox is always the one talking in a condescending way to Karen and Foggy. But when he's around Luke Cage yeah. and Jessica Jones, he will shut his mouth for long periods and let Luke Cage and Jessica <laughs> talk out the issues. And then there's the one right, right. And when they're going down the elevator at the end. It, he has a brief moment of sentimentality where he says he's glad they found each other. And Luke Cage just looks at him and goes, "I ain't hugging you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, so great. that's so great but there's you know jessica's like so cute and like not self-loathing which made jessica jones season two make even less sense uh in continuity yeah. with that after she saved the yeah. world basically so yeah. the defenders and then daredevil three obviously all the daredevil seasons you gotta watch the trilogy but after that dad is iron fist season two okay. because you know how spider-man it's looking like is going to be the postscript like, technically, Spider-Man is the first movie of Phase 4 of Marvel and what I'm calling the second era um, because there, you, there's already been three phases. That's the first era. But because John Favreau is in it, is happy, and he's adopting Peter Parker the way Tony Stark adopted Peter Parker, and they're mm-hmm. dealing with the fallout of Infinity War, which was great that the first movie was not the Black Widow movie, but is dealing with the fallout with uh, Tom Holland. Um, and he's going overseas, which Spider-Man has never literally done in the movies or the comics before, uh, left New York. Um, and so he has to see if he can be a real like international superhero. They're going to deal with sort of the, po- you know, the post-mortem. And in a lot of ways, Iron Fist is like that, but it's also a very small story that takes place in Chinatown um, and has mostly to do with Danny losing his mind and realizing that he can't have the Iron Fist. Uh, I won't totally spoil it. I've told you... No, I've spoiled it before. Uh, Ultimately, he spends the last three episodes convincing Jahan, Colleen Wing, that she is clearly the stronger one and the more centered one, and she has to have the fist. 
uh, and it ends with a shot with her with her white outfit and the white iron. It turns white with her because she's more pure, like a white lightsaber with a Sokotondo. And she's got the white katana and she's going around the city doing what Daredevil tries to do. It's absolutely glorious. Oh. They're, they are together Iron Fist. Um, and it's a beautiful thing, especially because they have an on-off romantic relationship that's kind of brother-sisterly. It's like Luke Leia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like It's kind right. of brother-sisterly. It's kind of romantic. They're not really sure what to do. He wants to go back to his Buddhist roots, but also his family uh, members, not direct family, but people who are involved in his business who are very tormented and kind of corrupt in the first season are much more interesting in the second season. Uh, Misty Knight, you know, who's a middle-aged woman who's so great. Her and Jessica Henwick have long extended wire-esque scenes where they're just driving around talking about life and crime and doing the right thing and men and all sorts of stuff. She sort of takes on the Claire Temple role. It's a nice change of pace with Misty Knight. There's just so much goodness. Um, and and so I would say Iron Fist Season 2 in terms of sort of the saga of the Netflix series, um, which is not one era. It's the only era. And we hope that they bring it back on Disney. Sorry about that, Dad. I just wanted to get that in because it's fresh on my mind from revisiting nice. all this stuff. So, Great. Okay. Thank you so much, BizzleCast listeners. Thank you so much, Pompa Bizzle. Um, and we will be coming back to you soon with more commentaries. Um, this is an absolute brilliant season and a brilliant series uh dad i know even though we don't agree on every single point and every single character we do agree that in terms of rewatchability and just overall brilliance of execution daredevil three seasons what i mean let me ask you as a final question what three season series or the first three seasons of a series that you love are as good as the three seasons of daredevil hmm I'll throw out some Homeland because the Brody thing is the first three seasons. I love, I do love the first three seasons of Vikings. You know, I started falling off of season four, the first three seasons of Battlestar are great. And it starts to fall off in season four. Uh, Wire has four great seasons. I don't know about Ray Donovan, um, I don't know. I mean, Peaky Blinders, yep. you can't really compare with the British shows or Sherlock because they're such short seasons, right? Or Luther. I mean, there's just not that many episodes. Are there any others? Well, I, I threw a Justified in there. Right from the beginning? Yeah. Right from the, 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 the get-go? Right from the get-go, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. And uh, what's that uh, Chris O'Dowd one that I'm so in, in love with? Um, oh, Yes. You know that was uh, fashioned after the after the movie about yeah. the the gangsters. Um, oh, Orphan Black. I, oh, Orphan Black. I happen right. to really like season four of Orphan Black, but I know some people, including Smiley, that Smiley binged the first three seasons of Orphan Black way too fast, and he just got burnt out. Oh um, yeah, yeah, right, right. Um, but I, but the first three seasons, are, you know, are are so great. I love season four. I didn't love season five. Uh, but Orphan Black, the first three are are spotless. Um. For me, uh, I don't know what else. All my favorite shows like Sarah Connor and Stargate Universe only went two seasons. Firefly went one season. Uh, so I don't know what else I have for that. So that'll be just a question to think about because as we have talked about, it's completely continuous. The evolution of the characters in the world are completely believable. The Fisk story builds and builds and builds and builds, even though he's only in temporarily in season t- uh, two. But it's all about Fisk, you know, and, and, and what he represents and what he's doing to the city. 
Um, but each season is so different in so many ways. So thank you for joining us, Bizzlecast listeners. You guys have been awesome. I have been the Bizzle. This has been Papa Bizzle. Joining me as always with these commentaries. Um, we will be coming back at you soon. May the force be with you. But for now, the Bizzlecast is out. <laughs>